From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on a journey to the fringe. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe. Just two adults in a trench coat of facts. We are your adults for this podcast, Taylor and Chelsea. And today we are taking a look at giants, I think, that are not associated with the Smithsonian Institute this time around, Chelsea. Am I correct? I don't think so. I don't think they ever attempted to cover this one up. (laughs) There is some wiggle room, actually, if we want to say it was. I mean, it's all unofficial. Okay. Well, we can unofficially add that. So I'll I'll make sure to say something at the end if we need to. But this is Chelsea's episode, so I am going to turn it over to her. Yeah, that's me. This week, by request, we're doing The Giant of Kandahar. And this story first appears in a collection of military encounters put together into a little book with the title, Tales from the Grid Square by Nick Orton. So he says, in relation to this book, quote, And Chelsea, just so that we're all on the same page, this would be the second Gulf War, correct? Like 2003 onwards. That's a very good question. I don't think it says that. It says the year, and from that you will be able to tell which one it's for. So he says of the book, quote, During the war, many members of the U.S. military and coalition would encounter activity that would defy normality, end quote. Orton wrote on Havoc Journal, quote, UFOs, cryptids, and ghosts, many bore witness to the immense and immeasurable mystery of Afghanistan. What they witness is often kept close to the heart, be it terrifying or truly something incredible, end quote. Now that that is established, let me regale you with the terrifying encounter in focus tonight. The events that took place surrounding the giant of Kandahar, which allegedly happened in 2002 in a desert part of Afghanistan when the U.S. Army squad went missing. Does that answer your question? Yes. So, second Gulf War. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I said. A special ops task force, which the branch is unknown. There is speculation that it was possibly Rangers, considering that the missing squad was Army. I know nothing about the Army and the military, so... Yeah, I mean, if they were Power Rangers, know all about that. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, normal, normal Rangers, nothing. They gotta have power for me to know shit about them. Yep. So the Special Ops Task Force was sent to find what had happened. And the soldiers walked along a ragged mountainous trail until arriving at the entrance of a large cave. They found pieces of broken U.S. military equipment and gear that were scattered all around the clearing. And the task force was about to enter the cave to explore its recesses when a 12 to 15 foot, roughly, red-headed, six-digit, two rows of teeth bearing humanoid emerged and attacked the soldiers. The giant impaled one of the U.S. service members, named Dan, with a giant spear, then proceeded to attack the rest of the squad. The witness states that it took 30 seconds of continuous fire to down the giant. Between them, the squad was armed with a full-auto M4 carbines, in quotes, recon carbines, semi-automatic, there's a lot of quotes and brackets here, and M107 Barrett anti-material rifles firing, .50 BMG. That was some sort of code, I think. (laughs) 
<laughs> this much firepower concentrated on one target for one second, let alone 30, would be extremely destructive. According to the witness, the giant wore canvas or animal hide covers of some sort to protect its feet like moccasins, and it smelled like dead bodies. The creature's body was airlifted back to the squad's base by helicopter and net. From there, it was loaded into an aircraft and taken away and was never seen again, probably to the Smithsonian. Yeah. Upon their return, the soldiers were made to sign non-disclosure paperwork to stop the word spreading of their encounter. The witness states that he broke his silence because people have the right to know what's happening on our planet. And he probably got sued or something. I don't know what happens if you break an NDA. Yeah, well, it depends. And generally, if it's a contract, like you need to receive something to sign an NDA or it's not valid. So I'm I'm sure they got paid off. Yeah. Oh, you have to get money? Well, to make it a legal contract, you need to receive something back. You can't just... Yeah, you I don't can't know just why I know that. <laughs> you saying I'm not going to say anything about this without saying anything back is just a promise, which is not legally binding without a promise back. <laughs> but of course, with the government, you could have something separate. But why would you sign it? If I mean, you could have your job you in return. Would that no, work? No. Okay, that doesn't Continue work. Continue no, job doesn't count. Incentive. No. Okay. Sign this or you're fired is not a valued argument. Oh, okay. <laughs> so sorry. Just an aside. This is not legal advice. Do not do not take this as legal advice. <laughs> Maybe I should give the legal advice. <laughs> you should be giving the legal advice. <laughs> okay. So that's the story of the giant of Kandahar. I gotta be honest, I thought there was more to it than that, but that's the story. Everywhere you can find it, it's identical. Even with cryptids, where you look up like origin stories and stuff like that, you find a little bit of difference between the stories and you kind of have to have their flair yeah you like kind of put it together and like make your own story journey yeah. to the fringe story but this everywhere i saw it was identical i wonder if that's just because part of it is it is so new like it's the last 20 years ish so it, it's fairly new so it hasn't had time to kind of like creep out and have its different forms or if it's the fact that it becomes it came from the military so it's a very matter of fact story like, that's true when a military person tells a story it's a to b to c they're not they're that's not changing it, it it sounds like it's almost in like a press release or something and it's just been copied and pasted like that's how i saw it yeah so the story's been popularized as it was featured on coast to coast am with art bell there are others that talk about giants within the like paranormal community that point to this story in their research and that includes Stephen Quayle, one that needs to be added to our list I think, and L.A. Marzulli, which I can't really remember what he talks about, but obviously it was, it's giants. Yeah, it's a great name, like it, yeah, it would it be is. a good balance with our Bill Moore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So in August 2016, Snopes did an article on this. It's a fairly short article. And they reached out in the article to the Department of Defense about the Kandahar giant incident. And the Department of Defense told Snopes in no uncertain terms that they had no record or information about the special forces members killed by a giant in Kandahar. Seems pretty suspicious. They I mean, would say that either they way. They would say that. <laughs> 
So what's more, there are no press releases on the Department of Defense's website involving either a special forces troop disappearing in Afghanistan or of any incident involving soldiers felling a giant. Obviously, this lack of evidence doesn't prove that the myth of the Kandahar giant doesn't exist. In fact, Snopes' debunking of the legend has had quite the opposite effect in certain cryptid spaces, which claim that the government is trying to hide the truth from the public, obviously. Yeah, and in conspiracy talking circles, Snopes does not have the best reputation. No, I it, It's basically whatever Snopes says, it's the opposite. Yeah, so around the same time that the Snopes article came out that tried to discredit the story... L.A. Marzulli told several right-wing websites that the United States government was covering up the spectacular story and that those in power had a vested interest in keeping the truth of biblical prophecies from being exposed to the general public. Quote from L.A. Marzulli, People have the right to know about this stuff. If there are 15 or 18 footers roaming the earth and our military has brought them down, we have the right as American citizens to know about it, he said. And we're Canadian, so I maybe we don't have the right to know about it, but I'd like to think we do. In a perfect world... His quote goes on. I mean, this isn't classified military stuff. Well, it appears to be L.A. Marzulli. He says, this is something we need to know. And it points back to the biblical prophetic narrative. Also, he's messed up the height because the original Kandahar sighting had a 12 to 15 footer. Which, yeah. by the way, if you estimate a human size as between like five and eight feet, if you estimated a human size between five and eight feet, like a three foot range is huge. You don't get away with it with people. So, like, most people are within that range. It's true. Most people are within that range. But maybe it's just because you've never seen something so big, so you don't know exactly, like, how to measure it. But if you take your size and you're like, it's roughly double me. Yeah. But that would only make it 10 feet, 10 10 to 12 feet. Yeah. And actually, what I think about it too, looking at trees, I'm not even going to get within a three foot range of how big it is. No, no, it would be a much greater range. I'd just be like, that's roughly between a 50 to 300 foot tree. Yep. It's anywhere between taller than me and 500 feet, somewhere in that range. Possibly. Could be higher. (laughs) Might even be shorter than me. Too far away to tell. Okay, so in a now-deleted video first posted August 16, 2016, Marzulli interviewed this person called Mr. K, and he's a man who was purporting to be a soldier who said he witnessed the giant of Kandahar. Mr. K claimed... Is he Dan? He saw- Is it Dan K? No, because I think Dan died. I think I he thought, was the one that okay, died. Okay, said he was impaled. I didn't, uh, I didn't think he actually died. No, he died. Okay. By the impaling. Okay. I guess it would be a pretty, that would be a fairly significant hole in your chest, I'm guessing, from, like, because this guy's 12 to 15 feet tall, so it's got to be a pretty, like, that would be like, let's just assume it's three times the normal width of a spear, because he's three times the size. That's, like, bigger than a person. Mr. K claimed he saw the giant carrying a spear and murdering, oh, this is where we found out he was murdered. He succumbed to his injuries. A United States soldier named Dan before he and the other special forces took it down. I mean, they didn't say he's not a ghost, so it could be Dan. 
According to Marzulli, the creature was a Nephilim, a group of people mentioned in Genesis who were said to be offspring of the gods and human women who inhabited Canaan at the time of the Israelite conquest, and they were people of unusually large size and strength that could be found in the Middle East before and after the flood of Noah's Ark. Huh. I didn't realize rodents of unusual size from Princess Diaries had like a biblical origin for name. <laughs> Rodents of unusual size from Princess Bride. Because he just said that the humans of unusual size and strength. Yeah. Yeah, so same same naming format as in the Bible. Biblical oh. in nature. Okay. We can get past that, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. You'll get it when you listen. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> Anyhow, biblical proof aside, in the Snopes article, the only... Dan, they found that died in Kandahar around the time of this alleged incident in 2002 was Sergeant First Class Daniel A. Romero, who was killed in a bomb blast alongside three other soldiers. Wait. So. Only one Dan died in the Afghanistan fight? Around this time. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So, you think there would be multiple around this time for him? It's a common name, I would have assumed. It is. You're it just right. feels like. So, even with the evidence stacked against it, I mean, it was only two things so far in which the evidence says this didn't happen. Snopes is trying really hard. The myth of the Kandahar giant is still said to be an open secret among soldiers who served in Kandahar in 2002, and several veterans who served in the region have said that from that point on, they were instructed to point their weapons high by aiming for the head and then a little higher. That's the whole giant of Kandahar story. But I don't want to end it so soon. I, I know you want more stories, aren't you? You want them, right? Yes. Well, I would like at least three luck. more stories. Before you even answer, you were in luck. That is, if you said you wanted more stories, he did answer. He did. I just had to continue reading what I wrote. The script was written, though. <laughs> so that, that that didn't go to waste. Here are a few mentions of stories appearing in Orton's book. Remember he wrote that book that I talked about, the spooky military one, where that story first appeared, and then L.A. Marzulli kind of like held on to it as well, and other people, Stephen Quayle. Next story. Quote, There are many accounts of soldiers who have been reported seeing massive humanoids that tower over the normal man in Afghanistan, Orton continued. Why is that even in there? These stories are out there, albeit hard to come by. Not many are going to come forward and claim they saw a massive man running around in the mountains of Afghanistan. But perhaps there is something truly massive out there. First, we've got the giant of Kunar, a massive being an infantry team leader reportedly saw during a deployment between 2008 and 2009. While overlooking a village one fateful night, the soldier peered through his newly mounted thermal scope. As he spanned the valley, he came across a very large heat signature. He assumed was a group of Taliban fighters huddled together around a light high up in the mountains. All of a sudden, the heat signature stood up as one being, the soldier recalled in Orton's post. The trees in that area grew up to about 10 to 12 feet tall, and this thing was at least as tall, if not taller, than the trees that surrounded it. Can you see trees on thermoscope? I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. You can see, like, yeah. especially if somebody's behind trees, you would see, like, the, uh, like, trees. You would see the tree line. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, true enough. 
The giant stride was slow and relaxed, yet it moved with incredible speed. Well, if it's giant, of course it does. The soldier added, noting the giant's chill yet purposeful vibe. It's going to be hard to notice chill through a heat signature, hey? <laughs> yeah. It would have to have quite the stride to betray chill. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I can't say I wouldn't know it to see it. I would know a chill walking vibe. Wouldn't you? I, I don't know. All you need is a heat signature to tell you that okay. guy's chill. <laughs> if he's walking chill enough. Chill but purposeful. Chill but pur- Okay, I would be able to tell a chill vibe, not a chill yet purposeful vibe. <laughs> Gotta say. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like those are kind of one or the other, are they not? Like, yeah. chill kind of denotes now no that purpose. I'm thinking, I can tell you chill vibe, walking vibe. I can't tell you... You could tell purposeful. You could tell purposeful. It would probably seem like he had somewhere to be. Yeah. But chill like, looks at his watch and, like, just kind of picks up speed, but... Yeah. They're not the same. They're very opposites. No, they're not. You couldn't tell that from a heat signature. I, 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 I would have trouble with the heat signature. That's I, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we just need to see the heat signature. <laughs> Maybe we do. Maybe that's what we're missing. Maybe if we saw it, we'd be like, yeah, that's for yeah. sure, Jillian. Uh, no words to describe this. So it walked, did I read this? It walked parallel to the soldier's position for a time before disappearing along a nearby spur. Not sure what that means. Stories of the encounter were not shared with many, the soldier reportedly said, but memories of what he had seen came flooding back after listening to the Coast to Coast dispatch. It's funny how that happens. I think that's what I saw, a member of an ancient race of giants that descended from fallen angels, he wrote. Or it could be something like Sasquatch, I'm not sure. I mean, those are two good options for that. So it goes on. Horton also includes the story of an anonymous Air Force drone operator who was working in the northern part of Afghanistan during the war, scanning around, doing my thing, and looking for stuff. He recalled. That would be a part of the job description for that, I'm sure. And one day, the drone operator... One day... the I got so excited to read the story. One day, the drone operator spotted three giants, each standing roughly 12 foot tall. There is a ruler tool that tells you how wide your crosshair is, and the people were as tall as the crosshair was wide, the operator said. This was all in mid-wave, which is infrared, at night, so they showed up as black humanoid heat signatures. For 10 minutes, the operator observed them, during which time he reported the giants tended their fire and performed other chores. You know. Bill, but purposefully. (laughs) He says, you know, giant stuff. Oh, wait, he actually said that. Yeah, he did. Okay. Giant. The chores he was observant were giant stuff. Okay. <laughs> Those giant. They're they're very particular. If you see them doing chores, or they only have giant walking, stuff to do. Not only is it only giant stuff, the way they walk is indescribable. You could never picture it until you saw a giant walking. He goes on to say the only interesting thing was the size. The, goat the giant like was not interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry, what were the goats? <laughs> they look like cats next to them. Okay. There are goats that are the size of cats. There are baby goats. And there are baby goats, yes. 
Another airman recalled doing a pre-op soak northeast of Coringal Valley, where he scanned and analyzed real-time video feeds. According to his elaborate account, the airman watched some dudes. God, you gotta love the late 2000s. <laughs> he watched some dudes around a fire to see if he could identify any weapons. This is definitely the 2000s. After about 20 minutes, what we thought were two dudes huddled together under a blanket stood up, the airman wrote. The guy made the rest of the dudes look like children in terms of height. He stood up and walked over to a mud hut that he had to bend way over to get in. Is there a chance that this dude just happened to be hanging out with children? <laughs> None at all. Okay. None. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, an Australian army officer who was on sentry duty in the country's Uruzgan province recalled spotting a giant going for a leisurely stroll around a nearby compound. It was lanky and wore unusual clothing, he said. By lacing the compound, the officer estimated the giant to be about 1,800 meters away. It wasn't in any hurry, and I followed it for about five minutes before it went out of my field of vision, the officer recalled, adding that he suspected the giant to be about 12 feet tall or 14 feet, according to its Tinder profile. What? <laughs> uh... Just looked like it was walking, he wrote on Orton's post. <laughs> Wasn't in a hurry at all, but was aware of what was happening around it. Kept looking around, especially near the compounds. I don't know of anyone else who saw anything like it. Never told anyone about it before, but it has stayed with me over all of these years. So those are some interesting military stories about giants. Yeah. I do have, a, you know what, I think I'm going to wrap it up here, see what your thoughts are on this. I did have another quick one, but it doesn't belong in this episode, I just quickly decided, because it's it doesn't have to do with the military. We could just do an overall giant episode, but what do you think? You think they're real, don't you? Yeah, of course. I mean, Dan died for us to learn this story. Yeah. Be that maybe Dan's real name wasn't Dan and it was just a nickname. Maybe it was True. short for Dandy because he's the dandiest guy in the group. I wouldn't be surprised. And of course, this is fully believable because the most professional of the sightings was from an Australian. Of course, known for their straight, no silly business talk. The Australians are the most credible of peoples. Yeah. I mean, all their, the names of their places are not hilarious in the least bit. Yeah. And oh. he didn't slip one C word in there. So, you know, nope. Australian. <laughs> they would never do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> I've never seen such casual, like we cover a lot of cryptids and I've never seen such casual analysis of them <laughs> being seen. This has to be our best analysis. Observations happening in real time we've ever come across. Some dudes chill but oh what was the way chill, he's but, oh purposeful chill but purposeful yeah, chill but and purposeful. giant stuff they sound pretty elegant as a species they sound like they have their own things that they they have to do that is completely foreign to human stuff and that as soon as you see it you would just say oh yeah they're doing you giant stuff giant. yeah that's yeah. giant stuff for sure like are they sharpening bones are are they like watching a 
goose lay golden eggs. Uh, pretty much everything I expect from giants comes from Jack and the Beanstalk, by the way. So Not only that, but I assume that you can only know this once you observe a giant. So we might just be not able to be privy to this information because we've never seen a giant. You yeah. would have to see it, and then you're like, right, that's giant stuff. Yeah, no, it's some of that latent information that lies hidden deep within your brain that only yeah. upon seeing a giant, you're like, right, yeah. right, it's all coming back to me, giant stuff. That's <laughs> giant stuff, for sure. I've never seen a giant before, but that is some giant stuff. It's all coming stuff. back into me now. Right that's just described as giant stuff, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah, so that was an episode full of giant stuff. Yeah. Giant military stuff. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, we have to do an episode on L.A. Marzulli, who just takes everything at face value, apparently. <laughs> and doesn't ask questions back in any way. No. Nope. That's at least my and... understanding as of right now. It's a name I, as soon as you said it, I'm like, right, that's a name that used to come up a lot. Not in, this episode, but in this show, but he was like all over coast to coast back in the early mid-2000s can't put a name to his face or what he actually talked about but apparently a lot of giants so you best believe he's going on to the list along with Stephen Coyle I forgot about him as well yes and I also got him confused with that other guy Stephen Greer, Greer? Yeah. yeah and Greer is already on the list he is yeah yeah so so that's our Friday episode well I, I think it's good and I oh, most okay. importantly I do as well. Yes, it's probably our most recent of cryptid, I guess. Would, we, would you call it a cryptid? Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. And I always like, because there are other giant stories that we'll definitely do in another episode, where they always make sure that they say the double sets of teeth and six fingers on each hand. And usually and they'll also say red hair. Red hair, yeah. And I, I think that all just goes back to the Bible. But yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, all, we'll talk about that at a later date. Yeah, okay. Well, that's all I have to say. Okay, and I think that's all I have to say. So I have been Taylor, here with Chelsea. <laughs> we are Journey to the Fringe. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hey. <laughs>